Local Committee Budget Supreme Meeting to order. Um, did everyone have the opportunity to review the meeting minutes from last meeting? Yes. Yep. All right. Uh, I'll send a motion to approve minutes. So moved. Second. Sorry. Sorry. Thank you. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Excellent. All right. Um, so, first order of business, FY24 budget update. Um, Miriam, if you would please take us away. Okay, uh, so high level summary. <coughs> Superintendent's recommended budget um, was at 73,103,500, which was an increase of uh, $2.8 million or 4.1%. School committee has since adopted a budget in the amount of $73,591,000, which is a $3.3 million increase of 4.8%. Mm -hmm. um, the town um, administrator has a recommendation in his FY24 budget um, for the school's allocation to be $71,252,779. Which is an increase of one million thirty-one thousand nine hundred and fifty-four dollars, or a one point four seven percent increase. So right now, the school committee is in a position where they've adopted a budget that increases by three point three million dollars. Their target revised budget, according to the town administrator, will only go up one million dollars. That is a two point three million dollar um, reduction that needs to be had sometime between now and the end of June, mm -hmm. um, assuming these numbers play out the way they are, that's what we know at this point in time. <coughs> so um, the list that you have before you has some items um, for reduction um, for discussion tonight. They um, fall into five big categories, reducing from investment initiatives, reducing services, reducing positions, shifting some funds, uh, some expenses to SR3 grant funding, and um, increasing revenues. Uh, those being the five major categories. So I um, can go down this list um, for you and either you can entertain, I can entertain questions as we get to each line item or I can go through the list and then you can entertain questions as a whole. That is up to the chair. Um, so uh, reducing from investment initiatives. Um, the first reduction identifies all items that were not in the superintendent's recommended budget. Those um, equate to $487,500. They were on slide, slide um, 35 of the presentation. <coughs> and so um, I will just refer to that. Uh, so the, those items uh, include some special educators at the elementary level, grade two, team chair, and the includers is the principal for student services, um, grade one, and a high school spend liaison. Um, the second item on the list is a reduction uh, in some new investment initiatives that were on the list. Um, there are three initiatives that we would like to keep. Um, one would be the new, new preschool classroom teacher, the um, excuse me, related service providers that go along with that new classroom uh, we would keep, and the uh, middle school essentials teacher um, those three positions are slated to be kept and the other positions uh, would be reduced from the budget. Those were the position to be reduced from the initiatives would include the new um, 
three new classroom ESPs at the preschool, uh, a, a speech language pathologist, point two, a reach ESP at the uh, middle level, and a point three team chair at the high school. <coughs> um, we have a list of services that we would reduce. Um, Site-based funding would be reduced 25% across the board at each school, 20% um, at the high school level, equates to about $280,000. Uh, we would reduce some committee work and some summer work. We would look to reduce middle school extracurricular activities and seconds uh, that go along with that, as well as late buses at the middle school level only. Uh, and then we would look to reduce some athletic programming uh, at the high school level, um, primarily across the board, not necessarily in one particular sport. Um, in terms of a reduction of positions, um, generally speaking, we're looking at 12 elementary teachers, 7 middle school teachers, 10.1 um, high school teachers, just a little out of order, but um, <laughs> it seemed to fit at that time. Um, five FTEs for ESPs across the board, various coordinator stipended and support positions equating to about 1.5 FTE plus stipends, um, and our Title I ELL director, as a, which is a 0.4, ES, uh, 0.4 FTE. Um, she's retiring, and so we would look to um, bring that position back in uh, to have to have the responsibilities of that position be split between our uh, um, assistant superintendent and our curriculum uh, ALA curriculum leader. <coughs> uh, next category would be shifting expenses to ESSER three funding. We would look to reduce the budget by two counselors and move them um, to be funded through ESSER, not to be eliminated. Um, you can see a summary of ESSER funding as it stands right now. Uh, and, and so those are uh, areas that we would look to um, to look at overall um, with ESSER funding and the recommended new positions that um, that were in the presentation on slide 42. Those um, include interventionists and um, 1.5 school adjustment counselors, as it stands right now, um, would not be recommended to be funded through ESSER, <coughs> so that those check counselors could shift into that position, that um, funding source. Um, the last category would be to um, raise, raise revenues or increase fees. Um, raising transportation fees by $15 from $360 per student for transportation up to $375 per student. Uh, raising athletic fees across the board with the exception of unified sports um, by $50 and raising activity fees um, by $25 from $75 per head to, to $100 per head. <coughs> and that would primarily be, it would be at the middle and high school level, but we suggested a reduction in athletic, in, in excuse me, after school activities at the middle level so that um, fee would be adjusted as well there. Um, so that's a pretty quick summary. I'm sure you all have some questions and um, 
I would look to, to, to the chair to entertain any further discussion. Yes, so um, there's quite a bit to unpack here. Um, yeah, thank you very much, Miriam, for um, putting this information together and um, these recommendations. So, um, yeah, might need a minute to take it all in or think things over, but I'll open it up to committee members with uh, any initial thoughts and questions. Uh, kick one out right now. Uh, so the 29 teachers, uh, classroom teachers, so what, are those all non-professional status? Um, well, uh, theoretically right now. I, I know we don't have like actual names associated, but is that kind of what we're looking at? Yes. Okay. That would be the first line, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. And then there's a contractual date that we have to notify uh, when when is that date? June fifteenth. Okay. It's it's uh, by law actually. It always not a contractual. It's a it's a mass law. law. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. So the way that the calendar is currently kind of set, we're going to know exactly where we stand with the town council vote well in advance of that. So if if there is more money to kind of come on back, it's not going to be like a situation a couple of years ago where we had to let people go in advance and then wait for the money to and then pull them back in, correct? Right, yeah. we don't anticipate that. Right. So, similar to what happened a few years ago, which was, which was around deadlines and timelines. And right. In, in that scenario. Correct, but at least with um, this one, it's, you know, this is where the focus is currently kind of expected, mm -hmm. but we can wait to see where the money is. Um, we anticipate we would, we would notify folks um, probably around the time of the council hearings. Right. They're about. Okay. Our goal is not to backwards plan from June 15th. It's mm -hmm. to forward plan from when we have confirmation of what where this lands. Yep. I guess is probably the better way to say it. Just out of respect for the people that Hopefully. have jobs right. and have you know need to know. Oh uh, yeah, I'm right. more kind of curious like what's going to be that first right. You know, kind of you know um, inflection point. Is it going to right. be that one or is it going to be when the money's allocated? So okay, thanks. And I think there's a there's definitely a shared concern around um, principles around wanting to provide as much notice as possible to people. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just out of respect, but we're trying to also figure out how this how this all shakes out in Lance. This yeah. is kind of you know we're in um, we're in a position of trying to make the math work, but there's also there's humans involved, so we're trying to be as thoughtful around that as possible. Oh, I got plenty. Okay, well, I'm going to go now. Is a long time away. All right. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll recognize this. <laughs> Could you explain what um, site-based funds are? Yeah, so um, principals get an allocation um, based on their enrollment um, so that they can provide supplies and materials to students in their building to operate their building. Um, Overall, in FY23, that allocation was $1.1 million. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're, uh, we had budgeted about the same in FY24. Um, so the 25% reduction across the board would equate to about $258,000. Um, so that, um, that would basically be the allocation that principals use for 
pencils, Supplies. pens, markers, paper, copier costs. Certain materials. Right. Well, and I mean, we had, I had received emails from people that said that you know they ran out of paper a yeah. while ago, so now we're going to cut the budget and we're not going to have paper in December. So that's great. Um, one more question before I give it back to Dave. Uh, reduce committee summer work. We don't work during the summer. <laughs> so, we don't start uh, to pay. Ah, that's right. We don't get paid for all this. What? I'm leaving. There's a slash. <laughs> committee, committee, it's uh, committee yes. work. So committee. Ah, oh, the slash. It's the slash. Thank you for having us. We don't get paid. We don't get paid a dime for this. <laughs> I want a raise. We will double your double my zero. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Okay, we okay. slash so committees. <laughs> and, and Mary could speak specifically. We identified um, a few committees that we were planning to run that we will no longer be able to support. And summer work is separate every year. We allot funds for s teachers to propose summer um, curriculum work or uh, areas where they're trying to develop it. Mm -hmm. And we allot a certain amount of time at a set rate for them to complete the work and then it's product driven. So you may recall in August, we've done the presentation where we show what the investment was and what the teachers have been able to create. We usually give like a, a, a brief slide deck um, over the years, Dr. Rogers, Dr. Edwards has done it. Um, I did it one year. We just talked through what those projects are, but ultimately that money um, would, would go away. Would be reduced. Would be reduced. Okay. There's a few areas of curriculum work regarding like obligations. I think about advisory or something to that effect, where we want part of the contract is to have that curriculum built out. But ultimately, we would we would not be looking to um, we'd have to significantly reduce that work. Okay. And can you speak on the reducing athletic programming? Yeah. So. Um, the reductions there would focus on eliminating um, some apparel for coaches, some awards and plaques, some um, details for certain games, um, some storage facilities for equipment, uh, and then there would be um, some, some reductions um, across sports, not in any one particular sport, but in the number of games or um, meets or uh, events that any particular sport might have. So, for example, we wouldn't necessarily cut a whole team, but that team, instead of playing 20 games, hypothetically, might only play 15 instead. So there would be reductions in busing and official fees. Um, each contest has associated costs. <coughs> right, okay. For official right. busing each time. Um, so, so those, in some cases, we play more games than the maximum set by MIAA, and so we would go to that maximum, and then anything above and beyond, um, if we were going to play, we would either look for potential funding from boosters, or, or we just wouldn't play. How much does that save? Um, we're anticipating um, that to be about $50,000. So just to piggyback on that, so the reduction in the number of, of games and events, so it's not going um, to preclude them from 
participating in any other like tournaments or kind of like removing themselves from the championships or no. anything else like that. It's just kind it's of doing, I don't say the bare minimum, but it's just the regular meeting season. the requirement yeah. and nothing further. It's right. the, yeah, okay. it's, it's, that's what it's based on. Yeah. Just, for, just fielding a team to compete for a regular season as identified by the MIAA yep. and not looking to expand and mm -hmm. go into different games or find other uh, opponents that there's different ways you can do it, as yeah. you especially position as you get to the high school level, um, but that's what that does. Okay. Tournaments, if you qualify for, <coughs> that would be, to, you, it would be expected that we continue to play in the tournament play. Okay. And not, 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 not take that part away if they've earned the right through their record. Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks. In this model. <coughs> and then the details, is that police detail? Mm -hmm. uh, yes. So would that eliminate police detail or reduce? Reduce. reduce? reduce detail, and I think it's police, but I would I can check on if it meant also um, staff detail, depending okay. on the event. If we have 10 people, does that reduce to six? Do you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. And only in certain sports, not necessarily in every sport. Yeah. Oh, we don't have details in every sport. Okay. And then in terms of the storage, so like storage of like the equipment. Mm -hmm. So like where would stuff go? Dave's there. <coughs> no. So I'd have to confirm with the um, athletic director, but right now we are, uh, I think, renting a permanent storage facility, um, and there's a cost associated with that. So we would have to look to to find a space for it. Right. Thanks. This budget is reflective of, I'd say, close to 20 hours with our different groups. I'm thinking of the athletic director and asking um, everyone to go through this exercise. And Miriam and I have been with um, each group to just process this and try to figure out um, what made the most sense. But I just want you to know none of this was done lightly or but when you're trying to meet a number, we had to kind of look into where, um, how deep we needed to go to mm -hmm. meet this and where that landed us. So I just wanted to put that out there because it's just important to know, you know, mm -hmm. each admin came to the table advocating for what they have and trying to make it work, but also realizing we had to get to a place. Um, another question, I know, so obviously you know, we're looking at these positions, these are, are these 30, 30, 35 positions in total? Or 36. So? 36 mm -hmm. positions in total? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, obviously it's hard to get to without, you know, without knowing specifics, but do we, can we have any idea of what the impact and cost this is going to have in terms of the educational experience we're providing? This will have an impact on um, some of our class sizes. It will impact, I mean, we often talk about vision and where we want to see us move to the future and try to add programming that, that supports our students' needs in a variety of ways. And I think this, this um, having to do budget development this way, um, I've lived this as a principle, um, where when you budget this way and you don't get to um, really think thoughtfully around what you're trying to envision for the student experience, you're kind of making concessions. I think over time, if you do this over time, I think it takes away from the overall experience of kids and what we offer for programming, whether it's 
in elementary school, and we've seen over years where we removed world language, right? We removed Spanish, we removed things, and we have a list of things that have gone away over the year, and I think that's, a, uh, a, that's almost equivalent to like a compound interest analogy around when you don't have some of these pieces and you educate with sizes of classes that are higher, um, you ultimately do, I think you see an impact over time. And um, I think about the impact on our staff, you know, and our students, but particularly um, anything we'd want to do for programming, if it's around trying to infuse um, other components to education at the elementary level, like STEM, we're not, we're talking about just making sure we have the teachers we have for the number of students we're going to have in grades and classrooms in this particular model, right? To make sure that it's within the guidelines to the degree we can be. At the high school level, um, looking at trying to keep up some of these reductions you should know are, uh, do include enrollment-based reductions. So in this model, there are positions that we would have reduced just based on the sheer number of students and doing the math, mm -hmm. but this is more than we would have done if we didn't have to at a million. Yeah. If we asked for 2.88, I think that this would be a different conversation today if it was um, at that at that point. So um, there is an impact. I think there's an investment impact, and um, just programming in general. We're looking at some looking at the schedule at the high school. What's the impact to supervision and directed studies? I think there is an impact. There's a proposal to consider. Um, thinking more flexibly about um, how we supervise directed studies. We have open campus for um, uh, earned for seniors for privilege, but um, considering that in different periods of the day for upperclassmen, as a result, just trying to think of the number of teachers we have to cover directed studies. So that's not, this is all at budget subcommittee on this date. Mm -hmm. I just want to be very clear, and I'm yeah. not one for theatrics or to try to paint doomsday. I'm just trying to lay out kind of the processing and what we've been thinking about. Mm -hmm. yeah. But um, yeah, there are, so I guess the, the short answer is, yeah, there will be impacts, but I thought you, you deserve to hear a little more about what that could sound like or look like. Okay. And just follow that before I turn back over to the other members. So um, you're mentioning super, like, um, directed studies, supervision, thinking more flexibly of that. Are there any other programs that might need to be cut because of these, or do we not know at this time? Um, we don't know at this time except to say that one of the philosophies going into these discussions was around trying not to dismantle any one program we have, but try to make reductions where we could across the board as to try to preserve some of the things that we have asked for over the years and hopefully try to rebuild in the future. Um, the, you know, we've tried to preserve um, special education, our counseling for all kids, but um, for all kids, just period and try to include that, incorporate that. Um, I think we also identified, which we haven't discussed yet, but we have prioritized positions we would bring back if the budget changed in some way or if there was any type of adjustment. Um, but it's too soon for us to um, say those because then we'd be getting into what, you know, a little bit more detail. But, you know, we, we tried it. We're trying to um, create um, as much information as possible that allows us to uh, make decisions that are already thought out and processed. Thank you. All right, um. uh, let's see. A couple things. One, um, so the unified sports, just out of curiosity, is there any cost associated with that right now? There is. It's $175. Okay, and that's just not going, going up right now? 
So the cost is still there. Okay. More just out of curiosity. Uh, but then with the other costs, the raising of revenue, how much would that is that expected to bring in? So the three items that are listed there um, would, would basically bring in about $100,000 across the board, the least of which being transportation, which is probably about 20000 and the other two um, being like fifty and thirty. Can I follow up on one thing as well? Uh, Mr. McNeil, you mentioned what are some other costs. This, this, does, this model has um, after-school activities at the middle level. Mm. So we'd have to think about creatively, does lifelong learning create some sort of after school? We have been experiencing, just so you know, if you haven't heard from anyone, buses aren't showing up because of the transportation needs mm -hmm. and getting around town. They're not showing up till 3.30, 3.40, which is, yeah. the club's been well over. Yeah. So I don't think the model's been great, but that's not a reason to necessarily not have after school, but there is an equity piece around. If you say we're not gonna have transportation, but still offer it, we've been there. But ultimately, there is a cost to, to operating and doing those things. So that is a piece of information you should know. And then it would be looking at high school to prioritize um, the after-school clubs and activities that are at the high school. Um, they would they would they would um, advocate to, to run. I think the numbers too at the middle level of uh, students who do it versus over 750 kids do after-school and pay the fee for after school, so it sustains a bit more at the high school, so it's less of a savings for us when we did the analysis. Is that uh, accurate to say, Miriam? Yes. And then with the, uh, right now we're just gonna focus on the transportation fee. So um, is that comparable style bringing so what, like 175? 375. 375, right. And then right. with the cap still being three bus passes per family? Right. So. Um, and so 375, is that yeah, comparable to places in the era? I know that you know, the last meeting we talked about like the Walpole was 500. Mm -hmm. I don't want to put more on the backs of families already, mm -hmm. but just getting out of curiosity. Yeah, so I don't know that I really have great numbers on bus fees. Um, I have some data from quite a few years ago. Um, but I don't, I don't really see like Belmont had 575 per student, which like that's about what we're paying per student to transport kids. Hmm. Um, you know, so so this fee increased. None of these feel good. Just so mm -hmm. you know. um, like they, the the fee increase would be from 360 to 375 with a three um, family, three person cap, mm -hmm. uh, three student cap. Um, and that's about 60% of the cost of transportation at this point, which would be then fee based. That would, um, that would make it so that six, because right now it's 40, 60, where 40 right. is covered by user fee, so it's going to flip it. Okay. Right. Uh, and current, so, so that uh, I don't, ultimately would bring in about $20,000 okay. on a huge amount. No, but I know, I mean, but one, it's, it's a lot, but it also there's, a, and I'm sure the tipping point too, where if you start to charge too much, then all of a sudden yeah, you, you're losing right. people purchasing losing into it, and then right back to where we are. And then that's an impact to traffic, and it's, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's oh yeah, it's a cascading effect. Right, right, and so comparably speaking, I don't I, like I don't really have great numbers um, that are current. Um, from what I've seen, I think you know our 360 is is probably pretty high up there. 
Ashland's 360. Is it? Yep. I was just trying to look at comparables. And then with the activity fees, so that's going to bring it up to $100 total. But again, that covers, that's a one-time purchase. And then however many activities you want to participate in, 100 bucks just opens the door for you to do that. Mm -hmm. How do I this? Steel. This is apparent. And just so you're aware, transportation registration is open at this point in time. You just oh. sent that information out to families mm -hmm. with the current rate at 360. Oh, okay. um, just because I, yeah, I can't wait oh, for yeah. this process yeah. to play out to, to start getting folks to sign up. Keep it to provide the services but we are saying that we would have leadership take on that responsibility okay. as part of it so they would they would have that role right coordinate when leadership takes on that role but like how much hours do you anticipate That's, that's what it's currently at. I think okay. we, with, that's why um, Miriam said sharing it. Yeah. Sharing it between two is what we would need to do. But this is the level we're at. Mm -hmm. And it may not necessarily be that yeah. many hours for those two folks to take on those mm -hmm. responsibilities, um, just depending on you know, class sizes and a number of um, students requiring the level of service and minimum staff involved. Could ebb and flow throughout this year too. Mm -hmm. Some of the works like right. like seasonal ebbs and flows, you know, mm -hmm. not to not to downplay it, but just you know, no, 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 absolutely. It's just one more thing that, that an administrator would take on right. steps because this position would be existing. Um, in regards to jumping down to the SR3, so just to confirm the tutoring, the current funding, but not spent FY23, mm -hmm. so that's not moving forward. Right. Right. So that one's okay. We were looking at a contract that really never came to fruition um, for tutoring. We are doing some uh, in house at a different level, um, but that it just never came to fruition. 
And then the, the bright counselor and ESP. I know that, I know I had asked some questions before because it was uh, figuring out exactly where the placement's gonna be at and we kind of set up just on high school. How much activity, like how much utilization are we kind of seeing at the bright counselors? Well, that's a good question. Um, I, don't, I would have to touch base with Ms. Morano on that. Um, those are the bright council. The, the program itself is designed to support students who are coming back from a hospitalization placement um, uh, and, and basically transitioning back into the district. Um, I, I can't tell you how many students are impacted. It's meant to be transit. We can get some data for you. I okay. that's helpful. Um, but I think it's, it's a fluid. It's fluid because, like, like Ms. Goodman said, the goal isn't to remain there for the year like you'd be assigned to a program. So you could have kids that started, did six weeks, and now are out. So mm -hmm. I think the number, it's like the number of students who access the program versus the number in at any given time. But we can yeah. certainly get, we can get some more information together for you. Okay. Yep. That's a good question. And that's only winning in high school. Yes. Yeah. And then the for the proposed FY24 funding of the ESRA three monies, though, you know the interventionists, the counselors, the social workers, those will all be gone for FY25. Unless they're absorbed in the budget. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Yep. yep. So the, this this like picture this um, funding source yep. goes away, and these are just positions that are out there. And then what do we do, and how do we how do we um, absorb them if we feel they bring value to the kids? And then when you met with the athletic director, this mm -hmm. was the the stuff that he said was like the bare minimum that he could give up. She put together. She, sorry. It's okay. No, no. Um, so that she put so together. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Um, we. She put together a model that looked at, I think philosophically it was in line with the direction that we approached with our, our whole team was around trying to not dismantle like, we're going to eliminate, enter, you know, insert sport name, but rather try to look at across the board what were some of the things right off the bat. Um, we talked about if this went deeper, what would that look like? And ultimately what it comes down to in any reduction scenario, you either increase a revenue or you decrease a service. And I think you know, we um, we have some other models out there, but we tried to look at this without being too, um, we tried to look at across the board percentage-wise, like all the areas of our budget, and where if everyone made concessions, what would they look like as a first step, and we were able to get to this place. But yeah, so that's, this was based off of her going and developing this based on her previous experience in other districts and what's worked, um, and then conversations with us around trying to just look at all the areas and try to look at if every team absorbed pieces of this. And because this is just the budget subcommittee and we just talk things out and we're just figuring stuff sure. out. Sure. So like what does going deeper look like? Because I mean, I feel like we have to be, I don't know if I still have it, long-term planning. Mm -hmm. Like if we have to, so based, you so know, like what does that look like? <coughs> so in, in the athletic realm, based on the reductions that I've already talked about, all of those would happen. And um, in addition to that, there would be a reduction in all um, JV2 freshman, freshmore schedules. Sub-varsity. 10, ten Sub games max. It's like your next tier. Mm -hmm. okay. And then how much does that save? 
Um, I have to get final numbers from yeah. from the athletic director. Okay. The 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 trick with that is similar to the explanation I gave for after school activities when I said 720 52 kids. Like that might yeah. be wrong math, but if they each pay seventy five dollars, you have more kids in a program. It actually, when you look at an athletic program, if every kid pays the user fee and you do the math on what it costs for coaches and buses, it gets a little trickier to determine how much of a savings it actually yep. is. Mm -hmm. It's just a little, if we self-funded the whole thing, yeah. it would be much That's clearer. But when you collect user fees, it definitely, you start doing the math and just start preliminarily, it was like, why don't we start with the, the number we, we, we proposed today, really looked at tangibly storage, this, 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 remove all these things, if, if the fees stayed the same or went up, but you but you decrease the games across the board. You're still collecting the fee. You just you're just taking away from the contest and the season. So that's that's how that came to be. But the question is around the next level would be to look at that. Um, the math we need to do the math a little bit uh, more on what it what it actually pans out to be if everyone pays their fee. So but like it, so but you you went to that deeper dive for for all of this is what you're like when you sat down like you guys started it tier one and then you were like all right it gets really bad what's what's your tier two so like all of these have a you discussed a tier two yeah this this was across the board like getting to that number that number we, we were, we were one. like tier one into like into some of the tier two but i would say to go there are, I'm just glad we're not going deeper than this. No, but uh, but, but, but conversations yeah. were had. Well, we had conversations. Yeah. We actually had to have conversations to process whether, you know, you have to start somewhere. Yes. But there were ideas that we processed through and said, you know what, if push comes to shove, is that really the right thing to remove at this point? And mm -hmm. I don't think we should be reducing that because of the impact on these kids and those teachers yeah. and, and, and that school. And then uh, coming up with this proposal today, Yes, was a matter of going down these avenues, yeah. and also doing some analysis uh, around what what seemed to make sense cost-wise. Um, no, I mean, there's there's only the, between athletics and uh, um, activities after school. Those yeah. are your two areas where you collect the most money. fees. The rest of it's not funded through really fees. So that's where. Yeah, I, mean, I think it was a good exercise for everybody. Yeah, and we, you know. <laughs> not good, but. Absolutely. I understand. An exercise I've been going through. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, could you just uh, repeat one more time when, when it comes to the middle school extracurriculars? So, what's that going to look like at the reduced basis? For middle school, um, it would be they would be all the after school clubs would be removed in, in this model. So. So like, so like Mondays, like uh, no one does ski club. ski club runs through um, solutions, yeah, we got like I think we do Lego and art. Yeah, Mondays uh, and Wednesdays is like chess and checkers. So, so no more after school activities for the middle level. The middle there wouldn't be um, transportation or the activity associated. The one thing the middle school principals were uh, processing was: is there a way to work with lifelong learning to create yeah. 
some of these opportunities. Like we do a ski club, which is highly subscribed. But then you'd have um, to provide some kind of transportation. They'd have to get home and then somehow yeah. get to Life Long Learning. Yeah. To a place. Or if it's, if it's after school at the school, if it ran, transportation would be on people's on their own. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And but it wouldn't be through be the public school. It would be through Life Long Learning. Yeah. You have to either carpool. If they had enough people that wanted to do that. Yeah. So. And I would also, is more out of ignorance, but include like, like the Footlighters program. That's good. Mm -hmm. is, is that, that's through. Um, runs through student yeah, runs through the student activity. Would that, so the, the reduction here, um, you know, how would that, is that kind of being factored into uh, the revenue raised through student fees? Because like, you know, like next year, theoretically, I wouldn't be paying 100 bucks because there wouldn't be anything for my kid to do in middle school. Right, so that, that's where that balance comes from on the activity fee piece. Mm -hmm. You know, we're gonna raise activity fees, but we're reducing Knowing that the total pool is being decreased. Right. And once again, if there's, because we're not here to um, over, communicate like a doomsday piece, but the idea is this is where we're at right now. Mm -hmm. If something could be prioritized back, like a you know mm -hmm. a few specific things, that the trick will be the transportation is always going to be an issue at the middle level, yeah. um, logistically, but then even funding-wise, I think I would want to process that further. But I don't see, I think that was the whole conversation we had with the team, was just around this being a challenge and, yeah. and it was a cost on top of being a logistical challenge. So it kind of hit two things that they value after after um, school student life, mm -hmm. but in the current model, in the current way, and, and what they've been asked to do when you look at some of these reductions, it, 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 it needed to be on the table. None of us want to be in these positions. And so then just to Clarity. So, in terms of the, the link to reduce middle school extracurricular and reduce late bus, it's really eliminate. Um, eliminate late buses at the middle school. Yeah. Okay. Reducing late buses overall because we would still run late buses at the high school. Okay. <coughs> yeah, so, it's reduce. What with the um, with with the reductions in classroom teachers? I you said like the class sizes would mm -hmm. still kind of fall within the guidelines. What uh, do you have like numbers for like what the expected classroom uh, sizes would be? Yeah. So um, projected enrollments uh, would at the K through two, the smallest class size as of this moment in time, because kindergarten is pretty low in some areas, would be 16 up through um, 23 in K through uh, two. There's only pretty much two classrooms that are at that 23 mark right mm -hmm. now. Quite a few at 22, quite a few at 21. <coughs> and then um, at the three through five level, all of them fall within the guidelines of 22 to 25. Um, the lowest being, I believe, 18, um, highest being 25. 
on grade level. analysis was done at the high school to try to look at um, it's a little different than like a third grade classroom or whatnot the mm -hmm. math is a little different but you try to look at your incoming class and you know that all freshmen need English and you know that they all need science and so you start to build out like if 360 freshmen are entering the high school right as well it might be 348 if I had to do the math uh, this just street map off the top of my head but I would imagine approximately 348 enter um, and you know that you had 400 freshmen right that, that are now sophomores you start to do the math and say what do we need to support those grades and that's where you come up with your enrollment based reductions and then what we do is we always keep an eye on the number um, for our class sizes we keep try to keep them in that 22 to 24, 25 range, and that's how we come up with that. So it's, it's, it's just a different process because they move classes throughout the high school, mm -hmm. as you, you, you would recall. Um, but we do the same exercise just appropriate for that. It's a different algorithm. Same outcome. But in the end, you're graduating roughly 425 seniors, and you're taking in potentially 348 freshmen. So we keep up with those enrollment-based reductions. And then in this model, you have to look a little deeper, too, and say, we're not going to now run a class that has, um, we would have run maybe for an elective that might be on the lower end, but we might have to look at that. So I, I don't have a specific example, but we had to have those types of conversations. So I don't want to raise any alarm flags for anybody listening or anybody in this room, but those are the kinds of conversations you have to do that kind of work and decide how are we going to make this math work to fund a run a school next year run a district. Well and that was gonna be my question. Like have we looked at program of studies like you know there's some classes where like six kids are enrolling, you know Yes. Can we bring that back? You right. Know, has that happened? Yes. So we did look at uh, as they are currently building their schedule, I actually think uh, this week or next week they're going to try to run it. I have to double check with Mr. Augusta. He kind of runs that. He's the assistant principal with Mr. Soulard, one of our guidance um, counselors. Mm -hmm. They run it, but what they what we do is right off the bat is look at how many kids subscribe for a course, and if it's not enough to support a full class, it's hard to justify putting class sizes for English here, but then running this at a very low level. So we've tried to be cognizant. The trick is always, as a formal high school principal, if you just, it's like you have to do that work and then you have to make some tough decisions in context and say, yes, if we, if we theoretically only ran the highest subscribed classes, we'd only run English, math, science, and <laughs> social studies. But there are so many other pieces of a student's programming that like, I want to be an engineer, but I want to take engineer. I want to, like you, you offer other electives. So we try to make sure that the numbers are up, that they're feasible and, and suitable for a teacher to teach on the, the low end or the high end, and we try to bring that, that number up in the zone. So are there some classes that we know off the bat, if only 12 kids ask to take it, yeah. we won't even run it. Because you have to now make sure that 12 kids can fit that in their rotating schedule. It's almost impossible. 
but we do know other classes where you know what there's enough uh, there's enough interest and enough number that if we run this it should fall within the range of what we would expect for our classes but it's not an exact science and we tr really try um, but we also know that you're tr we're trying to not completely strip out the student experiences with the electives and some of the course offerings that you heard of over the years that are exciting that kids want to do but when push comes to shove we start with what do they need to have and then what are the ones that we can have beyond the core required ones like, like your world language math history science and, and the sequences One, uh, actually, back to the, in terms of the reduction in force, uh, 36 total, is that in through retirement? Yeah. Yes. Across yeah, so, the so I, I would say that the reduction is not necessarily a reduction in force. Um, the reductions would, would primarily be non-PTS. Mm -hmm. um, some would be through attrition, through retirements, through resignations. Many would be through a, attrition and retirements and resignations. Okay. I wouldn't say all. Mm -hmm. um, and I would also clarify that where you see the word teacher, that also means professional mm -hmm. in some capacity. Staff. It could be mm -hmm. counselor, it could be uh, uh, guidance, it could be DLY, it could be, um, yeah. So I just, just want to put that out there. So I just want to confirm. So, uh, so, there, we just say the, so like elementary teacher, 12 full time. So it's not specific to 12 classroom teachers, no. but just kind of within that. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. The Thank you for asking that question. That's a good okay. clarifier. And then um, something else too, just out of curiosity, um, especially I'm thinking about we talked about like the lack of like materials, like paper, pencils, copy, or toner. So like the our policy, we have one for like donation of non-budgeted funds, kind of talking about, but like specifically um, in the donated funds, so that supplement the operating budget voted by the school committee. So will, is that, um, I know it also talks about the Mass General Law. Mm -hmm. Is the PCC precluded from donating simple things like paper because classroom teachers and, and admin might literally run out of paper and copy, you know, toner by December? Is that, I, if I was to take the approach of, we would want to be providing for our system. We would prioritize what they need to do the work. Paper, things, printed copy paper, mm -hmm. so, so that the donations don't basically supplant. Like they can support what we're trying to move forward, but, um, and I'll let Miriam chime in on this, but. I think we would need to prioritize the like it's just like with anything like what's our what are our priorities to, for compliance or to do the work that we need to get done mm -hmm. and then what are things that are um, beyond that so do you have an, anything else to add to that well, I guess the piece that I would add um, specific to paper is um, this is the first that I've heard that any school has run out of paper as of December I put through a paper order as late as today um, for a particular school, so well, maybe so not run out of paper, but teachers were told to stop using paper, and that's a shift. There, there could be a for, message around right. where we can, where we don't need to print. We right. should not be printing if we don't need to. Right. Recognizing teachers need 
hard copy materials for okay. kids. Like, I want to be clear on that. I want to go on record. Teachers need printed materials to do their job. So this is not about um, trying to eliminate that. But I do think, I don't know what discussion that was, but I'd be, I would wonder about the balance of saying, where we don't need to use paper, we shouldn't. We should be limiting what students print before it's been vetted by somebody, right? Um, so we don't get somebody who prints off like War and Peace and it's running through the copier. Um, but I do think there is something to be said about reducing where we can. Mm -hmm. But they should have the paper they need to do the work they need. So thank you for clarifying that. Yes, thank you. Mr. McGinn, um, Miriam, I know that we've had the, the policy in the past of having um, years worth of the um, circuit breaker funds, um, and uh, that's been the budgeting strategy that we've been instructed is responsible for our, our bookkeeping. Um, is there any way to maybe dip into that more this year in a responsible way, considering the circumstances? Well, I think. I think specific to circuit breaker, yeah, you could do that. Um, you know, if you wanted to take these three items off the list and pick up another hundred thousand dollars in circuit breaker um, funds from the from what we would bring in for next year, I think that's certainly um, a doable option. Um, I would anticipate that we will get more circuit breaker funding next year, primarily because of the 14% increase in the costs that we're facing from OSD. Mm -hmm. um, and we know we've heard about the governor supporting additional circuit breaker funding for districts. Um, I don't know where the final supplemental budget and how that plays out in terms of actually seeing that money before um, the costs are expended. Um, I've only heard about the reimbursement piece, mm -hmm. not anything about being allocated at this point in time to offset those expenses. Yeah. Um, so I think that's something that you, you certainly can do. We are, we are anticipating taking in $3.3 million, if not more, um, based on our current population. Um, and, and I know that's a large sum to be um, sitting on when you're looking at cuts like this. So. Mm -hmm. So you, you could do that. I think that would be acceptable. And, and in addition to which, you know, um, this is a budget at this moment in time. And budgets change on a regular basis. Things, people come, people go, people resign, people, you know. Yep. So all of those things happen every single day. And that shifts your costs and your expenses. Um, and, and generally, I have always said, the revolving funds are the last bucket that I'll go to because they roll from year to year. And so based on whatever might happen during the course of the next year, through attrition, through um, retirements, resignations, those types of things, um, I, I would hope that you would be able to, to see some of that shift. So that you would necessarily need to use it. Okay. And so you mentioned like uh, just now you mentioned like the number hundred thousand. Like is that is, is that just hypothetical or is that what you anticipate would be a good amount to, to dip into? And like what are the risks that we run if we are 
dipping into that more than has been our policy in the past. Um, yeah, so so uh, as you said, your philosophy has been to keep a year in the bank, which is about $3 million, $3.3 million in circuit breaker, just, just alone in that category alone. Um, these three items would raise about $100,000 in revenue. Um, we've already dipped a little bit into circuit breaker, about 10%. You know, another $100,000 is not going to get you close to $3 million if you were thinking about, about you know, let's say we're using this entire list and using circuit breaker funds, I would I would not recommend that. You know, that's a substantial change. Um, and when you're spending money that you don't actually know you're going to get yet, um, that's cause for concern. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the reason for your philosophy that has been in place since I've been here. Um, you know, going to $400,000, I, I don't think that that's going to be a significant, huge, deal breaker, does it have risks at the end? Yeah, it has risks at the end. If that 400 becomes 800 or 900 or a million or a million five, you know, so there's there's a balance that, that um, you really do need to, to maintain to be able to have that available for next year. Uh, future years, I guess I should say. So, um, but do I think $100,000 is gonna break that? Line item no item. Okay. And so, we do dip another 100000 from Circuit Breaker, and do we, can we identify like how many positions could potentially save through that? Is it one, two, is it not? But then can we sustain what? it the next year? <coughs> 100K would, you could eliminate fee increases for 100K, right? That's, that's, that's an example. That's where I was. Okay. Um, it's an example, yeah. but right. okay. so I'd like to just add all the positions and be like, yay, but then like, can we sustain it like the next year? Just right. be laying and yeah, like we already kind of see like next year, this whole, you know, that's everybody's gone. Here. You know, it's not, not pretty. One thing to actually, when you talk about about 14% at a state, you know, spikes are like three quarters of a million dollars. So, because I, I had, you know, read and started hearing that, you know, this trying to pull that down, maybe, you know, save like half a million. But so, so two things. So one, these numbers don't reflect, these numbers just reflect the reality today. You know, right, nothing, you they, know, like. They reflect what we know at this time to be what we can get. As in, if the if the state comes through and says we're not going to do anything about that fourteen percent increase, you know, this is kind of based on that. If it comes through and says we might do something about that fourteen percent increase, it gives us a little bit of wiggle room, but it's not kind of relying upon the state. We still the budget through, yeah. with them not rescuing us with that yeah. money. Okay. And everything which, that I've heard about rescuing us with that money happens in a reimbursement form, which means you have to shell it out first, and then you'll get it back. And so, yeah, so the point two, it doesn't so even matter. It, it doesn't you know, right. effectively. Yeah. It doesn't between now yes. and I'll do that. the time we have to notify people. So it's a risk to even. Um, it's a risk to count on right. that kind of funding because if it and then and then we would honestly, I think it would be it would have been irresponsible for us to. Um, we would be basically starting the year off 
in the deficit that we didn't account for. And even if the money came through in some way, I don't think I don't I don't see the full amount coming back anyway. But um, I don't I'm not sure on where this is. And I think Mr. McNeil, you're in the state house. I'm not sure. Yeah, come on. I heard a bill was filed, but we, it would be really irresponsible of us to play um, a bit of a game of roulette with yeah. waiting to see what happens. Yeah. And we want to hope and see what will occur, but it doesn't make sense to balance the budget um, without having a factual idea of what we can count on. So we built this based on the information we've shared with you throughout every budget presentation. In addition, we have to plan. We have to plan to open 10 schools. Mm -hmm. And you know, planning for, for the number of staff is a critical part of that. And so, you know, hearing that maybe there's additional funding in August doesn't necessarily help when I've already established that there's going to be 87 classroom sections at the elementary level and not 88 or 89 or 90. And class um, assignments will go out to families and now you add a staff member, you take it away. I mean, it's very disruptive. To oh, yeah. make those changes when you're talking about you know August, September, October. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Hey, anything else this time? I got more just two comments at this point. One, really appreciate the work that, that went into this and also kind of like the, the philosophy behind it in terms of, you know, because, you know, not just cutting one entire department or division. Because uh, I think it, it's definitely not only is this incredibly disruptive, but I think it's, it's so much more difficult to completely rebuild things like the world languages mm -hmm. than it is to kind of expand them, at least if, if they're there. Um, so thanks, uh, you know, like, uh, this is it's unfortunate, but uh, it's it's deliberate and it's, it's thoughtful in decision-making. The other one too, though, I, I've never paid attention to that sign, but I feel like now more than ever that Ben Franklin quote, investment in knowledge pays the best interest. Um, it's accurate, it's unfortunate that Underneath, you know, that sign, we're talking about all these these cuts. I think we should maybe steal that and bring it into uh, our next uh, meeting, and uh, kind of put it right up behind uh, the chair. But uh, but again, thanks for all the the thoughtfulness on behind this. Yeah, Spencer. Yeah. All right. Um, well, yeah. Thank you. Thank you both and to the whole admin team. Um, yeah, obviously, no, this was easy putting together because, yeah, and like we know that ultimately it's all impacting the um, educational experience of providing a yeah. public school. So it's not, it's not fun. It's not easy. But um, yeah, the, it's very thoughtful and seems to be in, done in the best possible way to, well, to mitigate mitigate the damage to the greatest extent. Um, so, um, Miriam, would you mind just giving a, again, just a refresher of the next uh, next steps moving yeah. forward? Sure, so uh, next step is we would uh, be presenting at the FinCon meeting on May 10th. 
Um, I believe time has changed to 7 o'clock. Um, and so they would have an opportunity to ask questions. I would expect you would hear some of the questions about, you know, you approved a budget of $3.3 million mm -hmm. and the town administrator is recommending $1 million where you're getting the differential. So that's why we're having this conversation now. So if there's anything on this list that you feel like you as a group want to change, that would be important for us to know uh, because otherwise this list will move forward um, through discussions um, at VidCon to whatever degree that happens. Um, then after that May 10th income meeting, um, the town council budget hearing is on uh, Wednesday, May 24th, and Thursday, May 25th, also at 7 p.m. both nights. And the council would ultimately, um, antici we anticipate that they would vote on that um, allocation on that for uh, Thursday night, the 25th. Okay. And then, um, so they'll vote on their, they'll vote on the budget 25th and then we'll bring our recommendation back to school committee to vote after that happens? So you'd get an allocation from the town yeah. based on the council's vote and then we would bring back these recommendations or any modifications to it to the full committee to adjust your budget to the number that the town has allocated so that you can Okay. So that would be the first meeting in June. Just that would be your first meeting in June, which is on June 13th. June 13th. Okay. And then, uh, so to uh, Miriam's point, anticipation of next Tuesday's FinCon meeting, um, does anyone? Are there any thoughts on, on alterations to this list, or are, are we okay leaving it as is? Speak now for a world of peace. I guess my, my only uh, thing is just in regards to the bright counselors. How much is that program in, in totality? So we cost um, the cost of the counselor and the ESP for the program. Right. They're housed within the high school, so mm -hmm. there's no cost there. It's really the personnel related. The program itself runs as a, um, basically like a mental health program. Mm -hmm. So um, I would want to check with the Bright. She's gonna, she's looking up the details right now. Yeah, I want to guess in the $112,000 between the two staff members, but it's as soon as my computer decides to support me, I will contact you for you. Yep. Yeah, $121,455. It's basically two staff members. Two staff members. A teacher and an ESP. Or, sorry, counselor and an ESP. Yes, that's, that's only one of them I'm kind of, I guess, like, fuzzy on just not knowing the, like, the total utilization right of things that kind of come sense fluid. It's sure. And I, I will say, I think it fits within one of your goals are all mental health supports because when kids return from hospitalization, concussion, um, any type of long-term um, long plan where they're out, 
to come back into school. The whole purpose is to get them in, to have them meet with a counselor, to try to work on how they're going to navigate their day, but also get them caught up so when they get back, the, the goal of the whole program is to get them back into the, the high school mm -hmm. so they interact with all of their teachers and kind of get back and they, that's the, that's the purpose of the program. Um, we've seen success with it. Um, as a principal, we had this program and saw tremendous success with trying to get students back that we know struggle, particularly um, students with some, some significant mental health issues that as they come back um, are overwhelmed to try to navigate. We'll get you some data, because I think that's what you wanted. And yeah, because it's not. We will definitely send it. I don't think you disagree with the idea of Correct, it. exactly. I, I know that there's great benefit and utility with the program. It's just more how often is absolutely utilized. That makes sense, so we'll um, provide that, but um, otherwise. Like I said, my only thought was like we discussed maybe dipping more into the circuit breaker thing. I know um, Ms. Spencer raised the point of the sustainability of that, um, which I think is a very, which I think is a valid concern. Um, uh, do we have I guess more thoughts on that? Mayor and I discussed it earlier today. Just the impacts. I think she did a good job of just explaining that. It's yeah. just one of those things you have to think about. It's just considerations around if that's the decision made now to eliminate for whatever, say it's to not increase fees this year yeah. while we figure this out. But sow the seeds for as we continue to develop budgets, that's an area where that could be. Um, there'd just be an impact down the road when we think about where we're taking that now and using it to try to fund this budget. So moving forward, that's just, um, it'll have, it, it could have an impact down the road. Is that? Yeah, I, I think I think at this point the the impact specific to circuit breaker would probably be minimal as I as I again anticipate yeah. that circuit breaker funding will increase based on the governor's budget, which only gets better from the house, of course we know, and um, and so so um, it's just a matter of um, you know that piece will will increase next year based on the uh, on the reimbursement part of because of the 14% OSD increase. So, so I, I have less of a concern with that piece. To, to Denise's point about using it for staff, different, different concern, mm -hmm. sustainability of those positions. So if you wanted to use it to reduce, to take the fee increases off the list, that's kind of a one-to-one -one swap, call it, mm -hmm. for example. It, you know, it just doesn't, raise any more fees, but it doesn't impact the staffing in the way that you are concerned about, which is that. Yeah. Um, so if that's something that you want to do, we can make that adjustment. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so, and long term, we wouldn't, we wouldn't really know well, yeah, we can't dissipate it. We would just need to raise fees the year afterwards. Um, or I think yeah. I think we could be transparent around if that's a, if this is just to explore this idea. If this is an idea, we would say we originally had this on the board to say we were going to increase fees, but um, we're looking at circuit breaker reimbursement to try to do this for a year. But just know that every budget development cycle, we're going to need to continue to look at this. And I think as we move forward, um, we would want to be clear about fees. 
moving forward. And I think that's when it comes into, you know, um, an increase to fees. If you if you think about it, if you have an athlete who rides the bus, you know, and goes to after school clubs and activities, that increase hits you at what seventy five eight ninety. Street math. But you're doing you're doing you're basically ninety dollars. Um, you're hitting. That's actually a season. On if you think of, about right. if you do three sports, so this can be you know the fees can definitely be something that I think we want to put out there as to not surprise anybody as we move forward. We're going to need to continue to balance these budgets. Uh, but you know I'm thinking I live here in town too. The cost of the fee increases. I'd be thinking about like if this is a year where we're able to try to do that. That's a strategy. But we can be clear about how we did it. And so that those didn't go up. And then as we start to think about the future, we were able to do that this year, but then ultimately we have to think about how you wanna how we wanna move forward as a as a and, district. And I, I would just also add that um, at this moment in time, those three areas where we have collected fees are healthy enough to be able to support the activities that are happening. Um, so like Other athletics, group. like after school at the mm -hmm. high school. Mm -hmm. There is enough in those three revolving accounts to support those activities for next year. What are, what are the other members' thoughts on that? Of you know, kind of knowing a lot of the difficulties that are kind of coming up with FY25. Yeah. But I think, kind of to your point, kind of see like if it, if it is just those those fees to kind of go and, and say to the community, listen, this you know this was on the table. We're trying to, to stave it off. We're utilizing these other funds. If if it is that that one to one swamp, and you know we're in the same situation next year, or we're kind of short, you know, like uh, some of those funds, well. You know, we, we try taking it from, you know, utilizing it. Now we're going to have to raise those fees that we try to save off. Um, so that sustainability piece and concerning is this coming off for me, as far as I see it. So we were going to raise fees, and we found the money to not raise the fees. Mm -hmm. But people aren't gonna hear that, they're just gonna forget all that, we just found the money again. So next year when we say, no, but this time we really have to raise the fees, well, you found the money last time. Nobody's gonna remember that, like, we did it this one time, so prepare for it next year. People are still gonna be pissed next year that they've gone up, and they're probably gonna go up more than this, more than the 15, 50, 25. Mm. Because things aren't getting better next year, they're going to be worse. I just feel like I get that we can dip into the circuit breaker, but I think it's foolish not to. I think it's foolish, foolish. too. Mm. I think it's good to have it there, but to just to just say, well, we're not going to raise the fees this year because we're trying to raise. It's like no. We, where, where we're headed. Yeah. 
And yeah, I, I do understand that, though. I think we would probably all agree it's not finding the money, it's potentially not funding someone else's yeah, education. No. <laughs> <laughs> but like the community is, yes. as, at large won't understand that. They'll just yeah. see that we found money. Even if it's messaged, you're saying. But they still don't hear that. They just see, I'm just like, it's, they've been saying it since 2008. How many years? Street math. How long ago was that? <laughs> you know, it's, it's always you found money. 14 years. Um, but yeah, I, I think in this case, I agree because if we find, I think if we uh, this example utilize it, to, you're actually there's a there's a like we typically fund budgets and try to minimize the impact it has on our kids, our everyone. We try to right, and you could argue if you prioritize something different, you might disagree with me. But if someone agrees with what we've had to do. Um, I think um, if, if you believe that putting out the messaging around this is this was the trade-off in this year but it won't be a trade-off it won't be we won't have that as a tool next year then if you feel like that's going to be lost then yeah I think you'd be right if, if the message is out there that we're trying to land this and do it I don't know if it's about being nice but it's about trying to you know what I mean I yeah. just want to that was, I don't think that was the idea, but. No, not to be nice, but I like, but like we but were here in 2020 right. when like we were, we were yes. here and then I we remember. had the pandemic right. and we got all this money and people forgot. Yeah. And now the money's gone and people right. are like, well, but you, right. you said in 2020 we were in hard times and then we weren't. So like yeah. you guys got to stop crying wolf. Well, we did raise fees in 2020. Yes. So. And, and there will be a time um, where you, you're going to have a tipping point to yeah. comment earlier that you just are going to have fewer dollars because people aren't going to pay 375 You know, when when the district is paying $598 as a cost to transport all kids, and you're collecting 365 in this case. There's going to be a different point. Yeah. Because you know? you're still you're still driving that bus with with X amount still of seats in it. That's right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. more fees yeah. you can collect to fill fill the bus. Mm -hmm. that's the tipping. This is the whole thing with right. users and fees is right. that tipping point. It's hard to quantify, but if you're already paying for a bus to drive every day, and there are students on there who maybe don't have to pay, you it behooves you to try to collect as many people who mm -hmm. will ride it. But there will come a point where it's just too expensive, and it's like forget it. So, but I'm not saying we're there, but I don't know what that comparably. If we look at other towns and see what they charge, you know. And and and, and to your point, I, I think you're right. These fees may be on the table again next year if this committee were to decide to take them off the table at this point. I'm not 100% sure they would be raised even more because I think you're going to start to hit that tipping point. Yeah. Where you know you're talking about $100 per head if I have a high school student who plays sports, does active mm -hmm. after school activities, potentially three seasons, and rides bus. You know, it could be 150 plus the 25, which is 70, 175, 100. It could be $190 on a three season. Who might not have time for after-school activities? After I was just gonna say that no, kid doesn't have job. time to eat. <laughs> 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 
there's no easy there's no easy solutions yeah. at this level. So this is the these are actually the types of conversations you've been having. Mm -hmm. It's going down these roads and trying to process and trying to make it. So one other question, maybe more just to give myself more time to think. Uh, but uh, redistricting. I know we talked about you know the financial impact of that uh, about like. About thirty thousand dollars, maybe. I mean, so I mean, not not huge money, but not a minimal amount either, right? More than that. What's yeah. that? It would be more than that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in that, uh, though, that came from transportation and ridership, not from any other reductions. Correct. Yeah. And that would be option two. Yes. And I can't. Where the vote might end up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. You don't want me to keep going? No, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Nope, I'm done. Um, yeah, I mean, like if, I mean, if long term we think that that's also that taking more out of the circuit breaker also isn't either sustainable or isn't going to be good accounting practice, then that's also valid. Just mm -hmm. thought it was worthy of the conversation. Mm -hmm. No. I think anything that encourages healthy conversations. So either way, you think with the raising of the revenues, this is probably where we, you know, stay. You know, if it's this year, if it's next year, um, you know, it might not make much sense to kind of continue to raise it any further in I the would, short term. I you know, would, in the next. I would question that. Yeah. You know, if your students play hockey, you're going to pay five hundred and fifty dollars for your student to play hockey. Mm -hmm. Would this in, would this be increased? If your students playing football, your your four hundred and fifty dollar football fee is going to go up to five hundred dollars. Um, you know, so so like I, I just think you get to a point. Yeah, I'm just I paid four hundred dollars for Noah playing football. It's only fifty dollars more for him to play high school football. I'm just saying, he's in sixth grade. I <laughs> paid four hundred bucks. It sounds like there could be a decent chance that if they don't get raised now, they would, they would, they would could get raised next year. Right. Yeah. Yes. Like all, all we're really kind of doing is just. I think, I think every year we need, to, we need to be thinking about that. And I think yeah. also we have to think about policy, mm -hmm. um, just how it relates. And if that's a decision, we'd have to mm -hmm. talk through fees and whatnot and make sure that they're approved and set by you. Um, but ultimately, yeah, this model does factor that in. You know that. You know the pros and cons. Mm -hmm. Four hundred. Gymnastics is four fifty. I thought it was four hundred, but I could be mistaken, and it's not listed here. Because it has to be more than that. We can we can figure it out. It's not more than hockey. I can guarantee you that. No. Mm -hmm.
think I'm good with leaving it as is. One other question, just in the, uh, in the past, FinCom, have they, have they kind of, I know that there's, there's been uh, discussions and talks about revolving accounts, have they kind of talked about the circuit breaker and like have, have they kind of uh, made any allusions to utilizing it further? No, FinCom doesn't have the authority to tell you how to, how to structure your budget. That's within Mass your general law. <laughs> That's within your purview. Yeah. Like has uh, the question but more like they, they, they just have they just offered they could know. ask questions about how much money you have in revolving funds and how much you're allocating towards this budget. Yes, mm -hmm. that's certainly those are questions that I would anticipate them to to ask. Whether they would call out any particular revolving fund, I can't recall specifically. They might they might speak to circuit breaker, mm -hmm. just know wanting to know the process more so. Um, but um, I can't. I can't recall a time when they specifically said you should use more revolving fund money or something to that effect. Okay. That's no, that's getting. that's kind of exactly what I was wondering. Appreciate it. I also note that um, MASC like encourages like best smart practice to keep you know a chunk of circuit breaker in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like don't touch it. Leave it. Yeah, yeah best, best smart practice. Mm -hmm. So I would hope that they wouldn't be like, why don't you just use all of that? <laughs> I can see what you come on. Yeah, well, and to Miriam's point before about why we don't do that, it's because we don't want to spend money that we don't know we're going to get back. So I mean, it makes sense that it has been the policy, the longstanding policy. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that with that discussion around it personally, um, and to think after that, I'm I'm good with leaving it as is. Did, did you have any other thoughts? No, nothing coherent. Anything else, Spencer? I'm going to add my second favorite Ben Franklin quote: "Industry need not wish." Boom. We both ended it. Done, bro. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, that's it. I'm done. All right. Um, it's a misuse of the quote. <laughs> uh, Lucas or anything, anything else? Just a processing point for if it stays the way it is, we have to go through this budget. It's on the table, but though there may be some follow-up to that, like like um, steps we have to take regarding fees. I think as this budget develops and as we move forward, the timing is like May 24th is been mm -hmm. you know town council, and then we'll have a June meeting. Right, we talk through kind of that timeline process. But like it, it, these were these would be fees for FY24, so we need to see how the whole thing shakes out and kind of. But I think that's we're going to leave it and go forward. What I'm hearing is go forward as this is shown today. Is that what yeah. we, just to be clear from yes. this? Yeah. Okay. So, um, do we need to do we need to vote on this or not yet because we're not changing the budget? Um, we're not bringing it towards. I don't think you need to vote on it. Okay. I think ultimately the committee as a whole will need to vote Afterwards, on a new budget, yeah. Yeah. which would include these reductions as they are outlined on and or. Yeah, shift, 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 absolutely, yeah, but tonight, 
Um, no, the, from what I heard, the list is okay. going to likely stay as is. You know, if you if the full committee hypothetically decided against something on this list again, of course they can have that discussion as a whole as a whole group and decide to take any yeah. particular item off this list. Um, should we meet before the June thirteenth meeting? Probably. Okay. Yeah, in between the twenty fifth and the thirteenth. Okay. One of the things, actually, sorry, with uh, fees, when are they collected? Specifically, like the bus transportation fee today. Miriam, if she had her wish, would they'd all be in today? But she would continue to collect fees. No, no. I, so, September tenth. So bus letters, bus letters <laughs> registration opened up this week yep. because I can't wait until June fifteenth to ask families to register for a bus because I need to know who needs to ride so that I can arrange for routing and. Right. the appropriate number of buses. So whether the fee is $360 or $375, we're collecting right now $360. And when the school committee votes and decides that, if they decide that this fee increase goes into effect, then we would reach out to families that we have already collected 360 from and ask them to pay an additional $15. How successful do you think that's going to be? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, that's a good question. Um, it will um, take a lot of um, effort on our part, on the part of our transportation coordinator and myself to go back and, and collect some of that. Yeah. We're just looking at some dates. Yeah. June 6th is a Tuesday. So, yeah. 50-50, maybe, positively speaking. Mm -hmm. like, um, I anticipate that could be a struggle. Um, yeah. You know, and, and that's a $20,000 line item. Right. Like I, I almost sure. wonder since the, the brunt of you know eighty thousand dollars is coming from the athletics and activity fees. Actually, you know, kind of circle back to circuit breaker just just make more sense from a kind of strategic point to say, well maybe we'll take twenty K from the circuit breaker, mm -hmm. still kinda of pulling from next year's piggy bank, mm -hmm. but just to because if you fifty fifty, like we still might come up short. We might say that we're gonna raise this revenue. And then assume we pull in ten thousand dollars out of the expected twenty k. Would it make more sense to to just keep the buses as is because we were already in that process, and then utilize the circuit breaker just to kind of supplant that increase? We have to do that before. I say like we that we have to do that as part of the before we can just see how things are going, right? right and have a I guess a later later vote to amend the budget like, well, yeah. Well you're gonna yeah. you're you're likely to have to amend the budget yeah. at the June thirteenth meeting. Like yeah. based on what I see right now, <laughs> you're likely going to have to amend that budget. Mm -hmm. Um and so um if you 
would not like to raise transportation fees, one opportunity is to use an additional $20,000 in mm -hmm. circuit breaker because the collections at this point would probably be more of a struggle because we will collect the majority of that funding before the end of June, probably 350000 Then you're going to have, you know, between now and June 30th, we'll probably collect 350 of the 500 or so that we anticipate collecting. Um, the rest of it will be fa families that will make a second payment in July, mm -hmm. which is fine, um, or new families signing up, or new registrations, or new uh, incoming families. Um, and then you'll see another big chunk come in the first couple of weeks of school for folks who, oops, I forgot, or oops, I didn't register, but I don't have to pay anyway, and Feels like you just kind of become a collections agency. If you're oh. I was going to say the management of um, changing the bus fee. If we start, we initiated that process now. It's mm -hmm. just like we will have collected, but then need to go and figure out who paid the full, who right. didn't pay. Yeah. If they didn't, as the the athletic the activity fees are at the start of the year, right. and the athletic fees are for the start of each season, right. mm -hmm. um, beginning in August for our fall, you know, yeah, our fall sports. So I do think. What's been posted, you know, you reserve the right to change your fees at all times, but I do think on our end to try to think about what needs to happen between now and the time in which these are collected, it definitely is there's something to be said for the amount of um, human resource it's going to take to make adjustments and determine on the buses and transportation. Look, I feel like the, the cost alone to try to reclaim those extra $15 chunks could could, could exceed, you know, like the, the actual the revenue, revenue that yeah, you're pulling in. It, it definitely could. That's entirely possible. The other thing you might want to consider if you if you still wanted to look to raise the fee is raising for the effective for the 25 school year so that it's in place mm -hmm. at this point. It won't impact your FY24 budget, mm -hmm. but the due rate will be in place for FY25 already set at 375. So that when May comes around, next year the fee is already at an increased rate so you could do that now could that be done though at like that doesn't necessarily have to be done within this budget no. cycle right we can kind of wait do it yep. until yeah wait till the chips you fall can, you can wait till march or then. april of next year hopefully yeah. not that late any, any time you before you hit send or somebody <laughs> right. hit send on that email yeah. But the idea of trying to give people as much notice as possible about an increase is always good. And we yeah. can. Um, mm -hmm. So I think if it's like, hey, wrap your head around this, this is going up mm -hmm. X amount, wouldn't, it seems like it would behoove us, but I wouldn't want to, you do have to time it because you almost want the year to kick off so people don't get like, wait, did they go up or did they not? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's yeah. next year. Right. I don't know what FY means. Is it right. 25, 20? Like, I think there's a bit of confusion that. We would yeah. spend time dispelling, so mm -hmm. it's almost like get the year off. <laughs> my, yeah. my just my yeah. recommendation no, is like yeah. like October. <laughs> Tell people, mm -hmm. well, you know, just the thought. Yeah. So then, I actually I would think recommend or you know maybe make a motion or just kind of uh, then would actually be to take those 20k from the circuit breaker um, and eliminate. The raising transportation fees for the incoming for the fall of 24. Okay. 23, sorry. Okay. 
to the to the concern. It seems like administratively, it's going to be it's going to be too it, probably too it, it may potentially cost more in administrative mm -hmm. services than than you actually collect in fifteen dollars. Mm -hmm. Potentially, it's possible. Okay. I think that was a good point you raised. Um, do you have any thoughts? <laughs> yeah, it was that's about fine. Awesome. What? It was about talent race, one of them. <laughs> okay, so then we replace that line then with an initial 40,000 from circuit breaker. Yeah. My transportation coordinator, thanks for <laughs> <laughs> On your behalf. She's the one who makes all the calls. Backwards planning to June 13th. Mm -hmm. It makes sense to say June 7th is a concert. June 6th. Six. It's a Tuesday. Uh, the 6th works. I have a hard stop at 7. Okay. The 5th. What about Monday? I'm totally free. How about the fifth? That's good work. Do you want to do? Can we do five thirty? Five thirty. Only because Noah has orthodontist four thirty, but it's okay. literally just—it's <laughs> just getting his new Invisalign and back up. Okay. You just throw it at us and then we leave. Gotcha. I know. I, I yeah. went through that last year. Well, we're, st we're still going through. Yeah. All right. Um, so the fifth at five thirty. I'll, I'll invite you all if you want. Yeah, I appreciate that. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. 
The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. And by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.